Can you believe we're heading down the home stretch of the Big 12 basketball season? My goodness. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It's great to be here with you as we are each and every week. So, been a shakeup atop the uh, Big 12 standings here this week. Baylor now in the driver's seat to win the Big 12 for a second straight year, sitting at uh, a 13-4 and record in conference play. They've only got a game against Iowa State left on Saturday. And if they win that game, then yes, they will at the very least be co-Big 12 champions this year. But it will require Kansas to win its last two games. They've got to play TCU and then Texas both games at home uh, this week and then on Saturday as well. So Baylor's kind of come alive here as of late after hitting a bit of a lull. Uh, they beat Kansas at home last weekend, and then they won at Texas coming back in that game. And it seems like Baylor's starting to click and connect at the right time. Meantime, I've got concerns about the Jayhawks here right now. Uh, one thing for Bill Self to me is he's not he's not finding that rotation that he wants, and he's been pretty vocal about that here. As of late, you know, the the name of the game in college basketball is finding your rotation ahead of March Madness. Are you six deep? Are you seven deep? I think ideally you want to be seven, eight deep. Can you get to nine deep? Right. And Bill Self, I mean, the issues around David McCormick, what's going on there, his health, his status. He might get some rest during the Big 12 tournament. Doesn't help the uh, situation at all in Lawrence. Um He's got Remy Martin, who just is a total enigma. Mitch Lightfoot's not living up to expectations here on some of the stuff this year. K.J. Adams, Zach Clements are raw, young guys. I I just feel like Bill Self hasn't found that rotation, and he's starting to panic about it, I think. Maybe panic's the wrong word, but he clearly wishes he'd have his rotation. It's now the month of March. We're two weeks away from March Madness, and Bill Self doesn't feel like someone to me who's got that rotation down pat. And when you enter the month of March, you want to have that rotation down pat. I mean, Bill Self, he played on on uh, earlier this week against TCU in his loss, played 11 guys. You really don't want to play 11 guys. Now, Clemens was in there for a hot minute, so let's say it's 10. He played 10 guys for at least seven minutes. Unless you just are the deepest team in America, you don't really want to be 10 deep at this point. I, I, just, I, I think you want to be around nine at the most. You want to feel like you have a rotation. And it feels to me like Bill Self doesn't have uh, that rotation right now. Now, something else that, that should be noted here around the Big 12 and kind of where things stand is you're seeing the hierarchy break up. I think you've got a clear one, two, three in this league. In Baylor, Kansas, Kansas, Baylor, flip it however you want on a given day, followed by Texas Tech. What Mark Adams is doing is, I mean, I'm just a Mark Adams fan. And I think even if you, for whatever reason, hate Texas Tech, you got to be a Mark Adams fan. It's the classic underdog story of a guy who wasn't supposed to get the job, who was always supposed to be kind of the man behind the curtain. There's this, I don't know if the story is true or not, But there's this legendary tale, and it may go down as folklore, I don't know, that when Chris Beard took the Texas job, he basically told Mark Adams, get the F on this plane because you're coming with me to be my assistant at Texas. Texas Tech will never hire you. 
And Mark Adams said, no, I'm going for the tech job. And he got the tech job, by the way. He got it. And now he's got this team in a spot where, I mean, they should be a sweet 16 team. There's no doubt in my mind. And who knows where it goes from there. And he's, you know, going to be 66 years old here coming up in May. First big-time D1 job, head coaching job. And here we are with Mark Adams. You can't not root for Mark Adams. It's impossible. And they've got one game left this weekend against uh, Oklahoma State to try to finish 13-5 and in the Big 12 and 24-7 and in his first year for a team that had a ton of tur- turnover, by the way. ton of turnover. It's not like he just got all Chris Beard's pieces and he's doing what Chris Beard did. And he's, you know, off Chris Beard's legacy. Now, whether or not Mark Adams can, can continue to recruit at a high level remains to be seen. But I think Tech will keep selling itself if Mark Adams keeps winning like this. And it's a very good situation for Texas Tech to be in right now. And, and if you're a Tech fan, you've got to feel great. By the way, if you're a high school player or a college transfer, who would not want to play in front of that crowd in Lubbock, by the way? That place is rocking. Tech, what, 18-0 and 0 this year at home? Does it get any better than that? My goodness. Things are going well. Things are going very, very well. Right now for Mark Adams, and he's a very easy guy to root for as well. So we're, we're happy to see that success. I'm glad he's having it for his sake. And uh, it's, you know, it's a good, really good place, obviously, for Texas Tech basketball to find itself in right now. Really good place. Uh, just an impressive spot. TCU. How about TCU beating Texas Tech and then also beating uh, Kansas this week? They're solid, solidly in the NCAA tournament, no doubt about that. So overall, uh, the Big 12 is looking pretty good with, I would say, a solid six teams in the big dance in Baylor, Kansas, Texas Tech, Texas, TCU, and Iowa State. Uh, Oklahoma State obviously cannot be in the NCAA tournament. And then, you know, Oklahoma, K-State, kind of falling off the wagon here, and West Virginia was really never in the picture. So uh, the question marks were Iowa State, maybe TCU, Oklahoma, and K-State. And two roasted the occasion, two did not. And, you know, the future for, for Bruce Weber is very much up in the air, as it should be, by the way, at Kansas State. At some point, uh, you know, you can't keep living off an Elite Eight legacy that's going on 40 years old now. Just can't if you're Bruce Weber. I'm sorry, you can't. So it's a great time to be following college hoops. Matthew Poston's going to join us here in a few minutes on the show uh, to talk about everything happening on the Big 12 basketball front. On the football side of things, or more likely on the conference side of things, a report this week from Chip Brown, Horns247, says that Oklahoma and Texas are expected to stay in the Big 12 until at least the 2024 college football season. Per Chip Brown, multiple sources told Horns247 this week, as of right now, Oklahoma's not as financially flexible as Texas when it comes to having to pay the roughly $80 million in exit fees. One high-ranking UT source said money will not have an influence on when Texas would decide to leave for the SEC, but Texas and Oklahoma are going to make that move together, so it probably won't happen before 2024. The implication was that Oklahoma is going to need until 2024 to figure out the financing of its exit from the Big 12, which is going to cost... $80 million in fees for both schools, no matter when they leave. That's because the members of the league agreed to a 99-year grant of rights, a grant of media rights uh, deal back in 2012. 
So that's that's there's a misconception that OU in Texas can walk out the door in 2025 because of the TV contract. That's not true. They're still going to owe tens of millions of dollars because they technically agreed to a 99-year grant to media rights deal. Now, Texas can pay for it or are more likely to be able to pay for it sooner than Oklahoma because of the Longhorn Network and just the fact that Texas is the most profitable uh, athletic program in the entire country. So they're always going to have the money that Oklahoma's not. But it creates an interesting atmosphere where in 2023, you know BYU is coming to the Big 12. It's possible that Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati are also going to join the league. So if that does happen, the Big 12 Conference will, at least for one season, have 14 teams in the league until Oklahoma and Texas leave for the SEC. Those are going to be two wild years, let me tell you right now. Uh, Those are going to be two wild years, and I cannot wait to see how that plays out for this conference. I don't think OU and Texas are going to like it for a second. I mean, they always have the bullseye on their back, but it is really going to be on their back. Um especially for some of the new teams who are only going to have a couple of shots at them, right? So that's going to be pretty wild. And I also think it's best for Texas to wait. I mean, and this is not taking a shot at Texas, but I do think you want to get that football program to the point where it's competing at the top of the Big 12 before you move to the SEC because then you can actually hurt the brand if they just become a 500 team in the SEC West. That would be a bad and the worst situation for Texas when it comes to the football program itself. So something to keep an eye on in terms of uh, where that report goes from here and uh, could have at least three more seasons of OU and Texas in this league. How about that? Coming up, Matthew Postens will join us. We'll talk Big 12 basketball with him on heartlandcollegesports.com. And before we talk to Matthew, just a reminder, leave a rating and a review on this show on iTunes. Uh, That's how we keep building it, and I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. That's my way of saying thank you. And especially now that we're in the March Madness, a lot of people looking for March Madness podcasts and Big 12 tournament shows, and and we're going to crush that, by the way, next week. And these ratings and reviews, they help us a lot in terms of people finding this show on iTunes on Spotify, on places like that, on on Google. So if you could leave us a rating and a review on iTunes, send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo. That's M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com. It would be a huge, huge help, and we'd so appreciate you guys doing that. Thanks so much. We now welcome on and say hello to our friend Matthew Postens joining us on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. We're heading down the home stretch of the Big 12 basketball season. Can't believe it. It's unbelievable. But here we are. Here we are. Matthew, let's look at this league. I feel like we're separating the uh, – starting to separate the conference. It feels like there's a clear top tier in Baylor, Kansas, and Texas Tech. Would you agree with that, or do you still throw Texas into that mix of the team that can compete at the top of the league? Um, I, I think Texas can be competitive, but I, I, they're not a team that I would pick to win the Big 12 tournament next week. I, I, I still feel like they're more inconsistent on offense than those other three teams. Certainly, they're Baylor and Kansas's and Texas Tech's equal when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, but they're too prone to having these bouts of inconsistency from an offensive standpoint 
I think, to really compete for the, the Big 12 championship. I think they're they're the top of the second tier uh, here in the Big 12 when you look at what's below them and you look at the teams that they've beaten. Uh, they've had a really good year, but I don't see them as being in, in that class with Kansas and Baylor and Texas Tech at this point. Do you think that like this is a – I guess it will depend what happens, obviously, but thus far, would you call this a success in year one for Chris Beard or based on the hype and the money that was spent – you can't get to that point. I think we're going to have to see what they do in the NCAA tournament because what they really paid Chris Beard to do was to come in and win NCAA tournament games. I mean, that's what Shaka wasn't doing True. Uh, for the time that he was there. They they never got past the first round. Uh, they, they, I mean, obviously, I think they ultimately want Chris Beard to build a higher echelon program, uh, and that takes time, especially in this new era of the transfer portal. But as far as this year is concerned, year one for me, I think a success for Texas is going to be at least to win one NCAA tournament game. I think they're talented and capable of getting to the second weekend of the tournament. It's really just going to hinge on how consistent and how high level their offense can be once they get into the tournament. Now, Matthew, I think that's a, a good point. As we look at the top of the league and uh, where things stand right now, I mean, Kansas has uh, really been disappointing here, to say the least, in uh, recent days. When you look at this team, I mean, the loss at Baylor is not a bad loss. The loss at TCU this week is is not a good loss. And you combine that with even during the winning streak before then, kind of some up and down moments. You've been high on Kansas. You've called them the best team in this league. Do you still feel that way, or are you starting to have concerns about the Jayhawks? I think the thing that I'm starting to have concerns at this point is just, you know, it feels like this is almost a a mental sustainability thing. Talent-wise, they've got the best talent in the conference. But, you know, they're reaching that point in the season where your your concentration kind of wavers a little bit. I think you saw some of that against TCU earlier this week when – you, know, you go into Fort Worth, which is not exactly a difficult place to play. I'll just be honest. It's not like going into Allen Fieldhouse or going into Hilton Coliseum. Um, it's a, it's a, it's not a, it's not the most hostile environment if you're a visiting team. And they're a team that's clearly more talented than TCU. And you know, TCU went into that game knowing that they had something more to play for. You know, I feel like they're an NCAA tournament team after they beat Texas Tech last week, but. You know, beating Kansas, I think, pretty much solidified things for them. And they had more to play for, and they played like they had more to play for. So I, the talent doesn't worry me. It's more the motivation at this point. And now if you, you throw in the, the part that uh, you know, Bill Self wants to try and give you know, David McCormick some rest during the Big 12 tournament, it, it's a little interesting now. They're not quite moving with a full head of steam like they were the last time we talked last week. So I'm not – not ready to jump off the ship, but I'm concerned about their focus right now more than anything else. Yeah, and that is absolutely fair, uh, especially it looks like Bill Self's trying to find, you know, every coach wants to find his rotation, whether it's six, seven, eight, nine. He wants to find that rotation. Really, that's the whole name of the game here. Find your rotation before March Madness. And it doesn't seem to me like Bill Self knows his rotation. I mean, he's looking at guys like seems like he's obviously frustrated with McCormick in some capacity. Mitch Lightfoot's not getting it done. Uh, Remy Martin is still kind of an enigma. K.J. Adams seems a little too raw. Same with uh, Zach Clemens. I mean, what, what do you make of this rotation Kansas has and whether or not Bill Self can find what he's looking for? Well, I, I think you kind of hit it right there. You know, they're playing some guys that are pretty raw in Clements and Adams. And, 
uh, you know, guys that they really weren't expecting to have to play too much this year because of McCormick's issues inside his injury. Because, as you said, Remy Martin has been basically an enigma since Big 12 play started. I mean, certainly he's been injured, but uh, he just has not responded to the recovery process the way that I think Kansas was hoping for. So they they have a shorter they have a shorter rotation now than I think Bill Self was hoping for at this point in the year. You know, Adams. Uh, Yusufu, Clemens can all give him something, but they can only give him something for, you know, maybe seven, nine minutes a game. So if you're looking at the tournament next week and beyond, you know, he's really only got about six or seven guys you can rely on. And you could say the same about Baylor right now. They're they're in the same boat, but the difference is with right now with Baylor is their chemistry between those six or seven guys looks a lot better than the chemistry between Kansas right now. Yeah, uh, I'll give you that for sure. Now, Texas Tech looking at what the Red Raiders have done. I mean, uh, we'll talk about TCU here momentarily, two big wins for them. But where Texas Tech is at right now, how do you feel about the ceiling of this team um, on what Mark Adams has done in year one? Uh, I I still think they're a second weekend NCAA tournament team. Um, When you blend their ability on defense with the fact that they're so balanced on offense, um, they're going to be a very difficult team to get rid of in the NCAA tournament. Um, they're going to be a probably going to be a three seed. They might be able to slide into a two seed if they can win the Big 12 tournament. That gives them a potentially easier road. Um, you know, Mark Adams has done a tremendous job. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, 20-something years ago had a chance to coach Division One ball at UT Pan American. He won 44 games in five years, uh, got let go. I, I, I think at that point he might have thought his – opportunity to be a division one head coach was uh was done and you know here he is in his first year and not only putting together a team that's won you know 20 something games going into the big 12 tournament but doing it in a way that oddly enough he was used to at the junior college level you know putting together a lot of disparate people who had not played together previously on the same team and finding a way to be successful nine new guys um terrence shannon jr not having quite the season that i think people thought he was going to have um, he's managed to put it all together. Uh, I think he's done a fantastic job. All right, TCU. We see what they've done here the last uh, couple of games. It's been an impressive showing, beating Tech uh, and then also taking care of Kansas this week. They're 8-8 eight and eight in conference play. Things are looking good for TCU. I-, I think you felt like they were a tournament team regardless, but I- this team really isn't getting any attention, it still feels like, nationally, Matthew. Are they worthy of it, or do you look at this and say, ah, I mean, a couple of upsets against a couple of teams that maybe had taken the foot off the pedal here for a night, and I'm not going to overreact? No, I, I think they certainly deserve a lot of credit. I mean, Jamie Dixon was kind of in the same boat as Mark Adams. You know, they had a lot of turnover. I don't think any team in the conference lost more players in the transfer portal after last season than TCU. I mean, it was Mike Miles and Eddie Lampkin and a whole bunch of guys you didn't know at the beginning of the season. And it's taken the chemistry for that team more time to come together than it did for Texas Tech. But now Jamie Dixon has a steady rotation of guys that play defense the way he wants to play. Um, Mike Miles is having another great season. Damian Baugh, Chuck O'Bannon Jr., Emmanuel Miller have all filled in nicely as starters and have given them good production from a scoring standpoint. They're they're an interesting team to me in the NCAA tournament because, you know, number one, they're a lock to get in. They could be a, an eight. They could be a seven, depending upon how well they play the down the stretch, um, which would give them an interesting winnable game in the first round. 
and maybe get them into the second uh, second round of the tournament. And that's something TCU rarely does. That's a big deal for them. I think if they make the tournament this year, it would be either the, either the eighth or the ninth time they've been to the NCAA tournament ever. So if Jamie Dixon deserves a lot of credit for what he's been able to do in Fort Worth. Very similar circumstances to Mark Adams. It's just taken it a little bit longer for him to come together. Yeah, uh, I'll give you that. Matthew Poston's joining us on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. All right, Matthew, uh, last team I want to touch on here for this week is Iowa State. They've won four in a row. You felt like they were always a tournament team. They're not going to finish above 500 in league play, but they've gotten the 20 wins. Are the Cyclones in? Yeah, they're in. There's no question in my mind. I mean, right now they're a they're a seven seed in bracketology, so it, you know they could lose their last two down the stretch and lose their first round Big 12 tournament game. And, and to me, they're still in. I think for them, you know, it's a difference between am I going to be a you know they could be anywhere from a seven to a ten seed. I think in the NCAA tournament, and that's all going to depend on what they do down the stretch here in the Big 12. But to me, they're in. No problem. No issue, no question. I'd be stunned if they were left out. Well, we'll be watching closely. Matthew Postens, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Always good to have him on. Matthew, you'll be in Kansas City next week for the Big 12 tournament, men and women. Look forward to having you up here. We'll be uh, doing that coverage together. It's going to be a, a, a great week in Kansas yeah. City. I can't believe it's already here. Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy. We're you know, 16 weeks into the 17 weeks into the college basketball season, and we're just about done. Uh, determining who's going to be in the NCAA tournament. It should be a lot of fun. It will be. Matthew, great to have you on, my man. We will talk to you uh, next week. All right, cool. He's Matthew Postens. Good to have him on the show. Always appreciate his time. And thanks to you guys. Hey, hit that subscribe button. Rate, review. I'm sending you koozies, all right, to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. That's where you send me a screenshot of your rating and review. Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I've got that koozie coming your way in the mail. Huge help to do that, especially before March Madness. Thank you, guys. So many loyal listeners of this show, the thousands of you who have tuned in, who are tuning in, can't thank you enough. Have a great day. We've got so much content coming your way over the next week. We'll talk to you soon. Pete Mundo on heartlandcollegesports.com.